Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Today's scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Jonathan. Hey, that's a good word, isn't it? Can we say that together? Christ is the power of God. Can we say that? Christ is is the power of God. Let's just say it one more time. Christ is the power of God. Wow, that is good news. That is such good news. Hey, listen, I just want to give you an update. Uh, Many of you know that uh, on Thursday, Lori was scheduled to have surgery for her aneurysm, affectionately known as Annie. Uh, We have called the last month Annie's farewell tour as we were preparing to permanently, um, that's right, wave goodbye to her. Um, But there was uh, a piece of equipment that was really important that broke down. And uh, it was the late afternoon before the morning of the surgery, we got the phone call and said, it's off. And it's like, oh, kind of the letdown, right? But then... We thought, you know, God's got this. God's timing is absolutely perfect. And it's no surprise to him. So for those of you um, who want to be involved and just praying and and, and, and support in various ways, uh, the new surgery date is um, the 25th of this month, July 25th, a little less than two weeks. Okay, so that's the rescheduled date. Now, as the lead pastor of the church... One of the things that happens when you have situations come up in life, you go, oh my goodness, what am I going to do on Sunday? Uh, who, who's going to stand and, and bring God's word to you all? And we are so fortunate here at Community Covenant because we have a very capable staff. Uh, we also have a, a whole group of pastors that are retired uh, that uh, once a pastor, always a pastor, really is no retirement, Right. Uh, and uh, so we always have very able, capable people uh, to fill the pulpit. And so I want to introduce to you someone that you know 
uh, Lou Amundsen. And Lou, come on up. Now, what you may not know about Lou, uh, Lou is a member of our church leadership team. In fact, he is the vice chair of the leadership team. But what a lot of people don't know is that Lou is a retired pastor and uh, served uh, several churches for many years. He is an able and capable expositor of God's Word. In fact, we know this, don't you? You just, once you're away from it, you just can't wait to get back into it, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. And uh, Lou is uh, not only a member of our church leadership team, but um, like Dave Dahms here, uh, he is a pastor's pastor. And these men, both of them, are pastors to me. And uh, I appreciate knowing that at any time I can go to them or they come to me just to check in to see how uh, I am doing. And uh, they encourage me. They pray for me. They support me. Um, uh, they admonish me. They do a lot of things for me. Uh, and I am so grateful that they're a part of our church. And so we get the privilege of hearing from Lou this morning. Lou, thank you and bless you. Our church is fortunate that this is your church home. So, Lou, bring us the word today, would you? Thank you, Pastor, and God bless you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you so much. Well, after that introduction, I guess I'm excited to hear what I might say. (laughs) But you never know. You know, we are living in a unique time in our country and in this world. It's a time that is very interesting, to say the least. It is a time where lots of people know lots of things. But you know, that's not unique to this day and age. Throughout the ages... Every society and every group of experts thought, now we have all the answers. They've done that for centuries. Centuries and centuries. They had all the answers. But that's different because now we have Google. So we can find all the answers to everything Or can we? It's interesting that the Lord seems to be amused, in a sense, with mankind and their arrogance on how much they know and how much they really grasp onto things. And... Even in today, we are in the age of the experts. But just briefly, let's, let's take our minds in a time machine and go back just a little bit. Go back like 100 years or 150 years, because that's when the knowledge that we have today was really formulating. And all the experts had all the answers 
when things were happening and things were being revolutionized and, and things were happening, even several hundred years ago when they were starting to explore the world, the experts had the answers. Some of those experts said that it's a scientific fact that the earth is flat. As a matter of fact, if you didn't agree with it, you could be punished. You could be severely punished for not agreeing with that. Even more recent than that, when they started to invent the steam engine, and they said, you know, with the steam engine, man will be able to travel very fast. We'll be able to go like over 30, 40 miles an hour. And the medical experts all said, it's a fact that if the human body travels on the face of the earth more than 30 miles an hour, that all the blood will rush to your head and you'll die. Well, I wish they could go for a ride on the Glen Highway in rush hour with the people from the valley racing, with the stock car racing, weaving in and out, going 95 miles an hour. They said man will never fly, but Orville and Wilbur Wright didn't agree with that. Even medical science said that in order to get rid of things like a headache they did for our first president of, the, of our nation is to just get some leeches and let some blood out because you got too much blood and that's causing the headache. And his headache didn't go away so they put on more leeches and more leeches and they said, well, we're going to have to get drastic. We're going to have to actually cut and do bloodletting. So as a result, it's probably... Uh, the realization that he died of hypovolemic shock. They let out a little too much blood, and uh, his headache went away. (laughs) (laughs) But we live in the age of the experts. Now, even more recent, uh, we look back on those things and we laugh. But when you're in the middle of all that, you're thinking... I've got all the answers. And the the thing is that, that mankind is that way. And I think God is amused and looks at us and kind of laughs and says, that's a good one. Little do they know. They're almost like some of the experts that we had. Now, I'm not going to pick on teenagers. We've probably got some here high schoolers, but the things I'm going to share with you about high schoolers, this was from high schoolers back in the late 70s and early 80s. So these are your parents to the teenagers today. These are your parents. And and not only that, but these are the people who are leading our nation. These are the people who are the doctors and the lawyers and the engineers and the teachers and the experts. These are some of the things that they had to say in term papers that they wrote in writing assignments in high school. 
Did you know that the inhabitants of Egypt were called mummies? And they lived in the Sarah Desert. And the Sarah Desert was so hot that the inhabitants had to live elsewhere. Did you know that the earth is larger than the moon, but they are about the same distance apart? (laughs) History teachers will tell us that in the first book of the Bible called Guinness, (laughs) that Adam and Eve were created out of an apple tree. And Jacob, son of Isaac, stole his brother's birthmark. (laughs) And the Israelites made unleavened bread, which is bread made without any ingredients. (laughs) And David fought against the philatelists. That's a stamp collector, by the way. David fought against the philatelists, who were a group of people who lived in biblical times. And when the Greeks fought the Persians, they were outnumbered because the Persians had more men. (laughs) Getting into the classics, Homer wrote the Iliad and also the Oddity. (laughs) And actually, Homer didn't write these. These were written by another man who had the same name. And shortly after the Ides of March killed Julius Caesar, the medieval ages started when Joan of Arc was canonized by Bernard Shaw. (laughs) And Chaucer wrote poems and verse, and he also wrote literature. And the Magna Carta said that no man should be hanged twice for the same crime. And William Tell shot an apple while standing on his son's head. (laughs) And Gutenberg invented the Bible. And someone else invented the circulation of blood. Shakespeare wrote tragedies, comedies, and errors. (laughs) And the English defeated the Spanish armadillo. John Milton wrote Paradise Lost, and after his wife died, he wrote Paradise Regained. (laughs) And Sir Francis Drake circumcised the globe with a clipper. Benjamin Franklin went to Boston carrying all his clothes in his pocket. And he said, a horse divided against itself cannot stand. (laughs) Speaking of which, Abraham Lincoln was born in a log cabin which he built with his bare hands. (laughs) And he wrote the Gettysburg Address while traveling from Washington on the back of an envelope. And Voltaire, who invented electricity wrote a book called Candy. (laughs) Beethoven was so deaf that he had to write loud music. (laughs) Handel 
was half German, half Italian, and half English. (laughs) And the sun never set on the British Empire because it was in the east and the sun sets in the west. (laughs) And the invention of the steamboat caused a network of rivers to spring up. These are actual things from papers that uh, an instructor uh, who had taught English for a number of years, Jeffrey Danzinger, wrote. And this was back in 1988. So these are the people who are in leadership now. And you know, I think God is amused with us because the experts seem to think that they can come up with all the answers, but sometimes they really don't know what the real questions are. And when it comes to the things concerning the cross of Jesus Christ, these things are especially true when it comes to what Jesus did on Calvary. In fact, what we see in Scripture is that man's wisdom is contrary to God's wisdom. Man thinks they have all the answers, but they really don't. And that's kind of the issue that Paul is starting to address in this first chapter of 1 Corinthians. When he starts out, he says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. But to the world, it's foolishness. In fact, the first group that he wants to address are the secular people. He says in verse 19, he says, For it is written... I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has God, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in wisdom, In the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Now, I kind of like the King James version of that. Because it talks about the foolishness of preaching. (laughs) And as a preacher, a lot of people say you're a fool. You're a fool for believing that. I mean, after all, how how can you believe that? You go to the university campuses of today, and they are full of people who will tell you that believing in a God and believing in Jesus Christ and believing all those things you talk about is dangerous. It's dangerous to believe that. Because we all know that evolution and the survival of the fittest is where it's at. Which, by the way, that is a theory that they have all decided since the majority of them agree with it, 
that they will call it a fact. And they will teach their things as a fact. Again, (laughs) I think the Lord is snickering at them, saying, look at how foolish they are. Look at how foolish they are. We get into the other parts of the world in the secular place, and those secular people will ridicule the cross of Jesus Christ, saying it's dangerous. Other people will talk to other people with problems and give them a little bit of disinformation. Some of the counseling techniques, and I know we have counselors here, and I I know we have some good Christian counselors, which are really the only ones who can really bring you good advice. But some of them will give you some silly nonsense answers. And they want to tell you that, oh, whatever you did is not your fault. It's someone else's. And in that someone else has problems, and they go, well, they go, well that's not your problem. It's someone else's caused it. And then you got two people, and they caused their problem, and they caused the problem. So neither one of them did. Then society caused the problem, and is blame-shifting instead of owning up to it and admitting it. You get to other areas of science You get to archaeology, and archaeology is taking spade after spade and trying to dig through the ruins of things in hopes of finding something that will finally disprove the Bible. And they can bury the book. And they've done that for centuries, trying to bury the book. But somehow during the internment, the corpse rises up to outlive all the pallbearers once again. Because God's word is still true, no matter what. Science. Well, the Lord says in his word, quite handily in Psalm 118 verse 22, that God will send the stone that the builders rejected as the chief cornerstone. And that's Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yeah. Secular reasoning ridicules the cross of Jesus Christ. But Paul goes on in verse 22 and says that Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Because when it comes to religious people and religious stuff, the religious reasoning rejects the cross of Jesus Christ. They say, we don't need that. Man's good enough to do it all on his own. We're good enough. I mean, the scales say, yeah, we've done wrong. But in the end, God will say, well, you did this good, and you did that good, and you did this good, and you did that good, and you did this good. Oh, come on in. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible says that we've all sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. But we've done this good, and we've done this good, and we've done that good, and we've done this good. But the scales don't tip by what we can do. Because if anything, God showed us through the entire Old Testament, through that sacrificial system, that something had to die and shed blood. That was right from the start. With Adam and Eve in the garden when sin entered into mankind. Do you remember what happened when, when God sent them out of the garden? He provided for them coats of skin instead of the fig leaves that they took. God provided the coats of skin. That means something had to give up its skin. (laughs) There was blood that had to be shed. And then the sacrificial system that they had through the temple over and over and over and over and over and over and over. That the Bible is very clear that at just the right time Jesus came into the world and God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become God's righteousness. Wow. Because Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. And Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And in Ephesians 2.8 and 9, he tells us, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. So that no one can boast. No one can say I earned heaven. Because it's the gift of God. That you come and you receive with empty hands of faith. Realizing that Jesus is the one that came and died. You know when you talk to people in religious circles. Circles. What we find in the world is the world is like like a big mall, shopping mall. And there are candy stores of theology that fill them. Where people go and they go to each store and they pick and they choose and they shop which one that they want. The one that makes them feel good. The one that they believe with all their heart. That's so sincere, isn't it? I believe it with all my heart. But they don't realize what Jeremiah said about the human heart. That the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, is the one that searched the hearts. And the Lord is the one that does that. Religious reasoning rejects the cross of Christ. Even if someone believes it deep, deep in their heart, emotional theology is not what we need. We need to follow what the book tells us, what God's word has to say. 
Because what it comes down to is, remember, secular reasoning ridicules the cross of Jesus Christ. Religious reasoning rejects the cross of Jesus Christ. But God's reasoning required the cross of Jesus Christ. Verse 24, but those, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Now that's a term that we know is impossible. God's not foolish. But if God had a foolishness, his foolishness would still be far above any of the wisest of men. And vice versa. And that's what he's talking about. Because the Bible is very clear. If you look through the book of Hebrews and you find out that in due time, Jesus came into the world and he did that for a specific reason and a specific purpose. And that was to shed his blood and die on the cross and to be buried and then to be raised again that third day. And the book of Hebrews even tells us in Hebrews chapter 9 that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sins. And the genius of God in his wisdom was to send his son into the world at just the right time to die for you and to die for me. And become the once for all sacrifice. Now in the old system, in the Old Testament, people became a high priest. And they would offer the sacrifices daily. Daily. Many times a day. It was an ongoing thing. Animal after animal had to die and die and die. And then pretty soon the priest died. And another priest came and continued the same thing. But at just the right time, Jesus Christ came into the world and he became the perfect sacrifice. The Lamb of God slain from the foundation of eternity. And he died on that cross and shed his blood on that cross. Was buried and rose again on that third day. And then he was raised from the dead. And then when he ascended up into heaven, he became the perfect high priest. Who was the sacrifice himself. So we don't have to add more sacrifices to the mix. Because Jesus Christ did it all. And he's the priest that we intercede with between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. That's God's wisdom. That's what God wanted to do. And man says it's foolish. And they'll ridicule it. And they'll reject it. But God required it. Because it was on that cross... When Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The reason he cried that out is because 
at that precise moment in time, in that moment instant in time, our sin was placed upon him. And God could not look upon his son in whom he was well pleased because the Bible says that God made him sin for us. Our sin put him on that cross. And then he died, was buried, and rose again. And actually, that's the crux of what the gospel is all about. In the latter part of this same book in 1 Corinthians, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.3, For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised again on the third day according to the scriptures. That's 1 Corinthians 15.3. And if you memorize that, put it in your head, then you'll have the whole message of Jesus Christ memorized in a nutshell. See what I did there? nutshell what it comes down to is God's reasoning required those things and you know that's what we're all about here at Community Covenant Church that's what our mission statement is about our mission statement is to bring Christ's hope healing and wholeness to our community and to our world And that's by sharing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is Jesus died, was buried, and rose again on that third day. So that you and I can know what resurrection power is to be raised from the dead in that one day when he returns. And that one day that he returns will be a great and glorious time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in the latter part of that, in verse 51, Paul says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. So when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true that death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, Where is your sting? For the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the message of hope, healing and wholeness that we share with our community and with our world. That's what it's all about. And when you go out into that world, there may be people that will ridicule you. People that will reject you. 
but fear not. They rejected and ridiculed our precious Lord and Savior as well. And if we're to be Christ-like, we can expect as we stand for him that people may do that to us, but some may not. I did it first when I was shared with the gospel. I kind of poked a little fun, but I thought about it. And then I start asking this guy some questions. And over the course of several months, he was a man that I worked with. I realized I needed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I prayed to receive Christ. He and I had a different relationship, that man, then. And he said, you need to start going to a Bible teaching church. I'm like, what is that? I'd been to church like five times in my entire life till the time I was in my early 20s. So I thought, well, where do you go? So well, you don't have to go where I go. But I said, well, I, I don't know what else there is. So we went there. And I became baptized, and my wife came to know the Lord. She became baptized, and the rest is history. Because someone was simply living a testimony of living out and sharing Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness. That's what we're tasked with. As the worship team comes, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you for this time that we have in it. And we realize, Lord, the importance of your word, the importance of who you are, the importance of what Jesus Christ came into the world to do. And we thank you in his name. Amen.